you know what? I forgot my watch, but that's okay because it's the album hour. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> did you like that one? I did like that one. Oh my god, Evan. My god, Evan. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm Anthony. I'm Evan. That's Evan still. God, this is uh, this is a great day because this album that we are doing, Walk Among Us by the Misfits, you have no idea how much willpower it took me not to talk about this album this week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I could tell. I feel like I could. We had one interaction. So... Part of the, like, shtick of the show a little bit is that we, we don't exactly talk to each other before we start filming about the music, and sometimes that's kind of fun, um, but also we're roommates, and so sometimes it's kind of a pain. It, it, um, it was very hard this week not to say a word about this album. Good lord. Uh, for those of you, well, welcome to the album hour, everyone. This is the show where we selected an album... And we're here to get down to the business. God. Anthony's very excited. I, 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 I can't even make sentences. I can't contain myself. This is a fantastic album. Oh, walk Among Us, The Misfits. Oh, my God. My God, my God. In order to understand the scope of this album, we need to go back in time a little bit. How far back? Uh, to like the 70s. Okay, not too far back. Not, not too far back. So, 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 let me paint you a picture. Okay. Let me paint you a picture. It's the 70s. And in the 70s, punk had its heyday. Mm-hmm. Punk had one of its heydays. Right. Right. Uh, but in its, in its inception and in its creation, the 70s, punk saw a lot of success. The Ramones, The Clash, Sex Pistols, others of that era. But it, it, it was very popular. At the turn of the late 70s into the 80s, we see punk rock, as those bands defined it, fizzle out. And uh, I was uh, very... uh, I loved this one documentary that is probably on YouTube, you can find it. I think it was called like 1997. Mm -hmm. And it's about punk rock in the 90s and how it comes back. And they're talking about it back in in the heyday. And they were like, punk was technically dead in the 80s. Like, in the 80s, no, no one was talking about punk rock. Because there was, you know, hair metal. Pop and Michael Jackson were killing it. And, you know, New Wave was a thing. But punk rock itself was kind of underground. And here's why. So in the 80s, punk rock split off into its subgenres. And so it became very underground. New, New Wave was one of them. Bands like Duran Duran, Depeche Mode, even Talking Heads and The Cure. I love the idea that somebody connected Duran Duran to punk. That's hilarious. Yeah, well, yeah, if, if we sort of subdivide, you know, that whole thing about it. And that actually comes back to something that we talked about in one of our early episodes is the Talking Heads. Yeah. So that's where, like, Talking Heads comes in because I remember we were a little confused. Yeah, with the whole, like... We're, dichotomy of like when it splits and who splits and and that sort of thing and so this kind of happens and so there was like new wave there was post-punk right and then there was hardcore where the misfits kind of fit into all this hardcore would be like other bands like bad brains minor threat black flag and misfits who kind of saw their i don't want to say rise but they were 
they were doing their damage in the 80s um, for the most part. But this is where this album kind of sits in this kind of no man's land of punk rock. And um, it's it's so interesting to talk about this era because it's like it, it kind of gets overshadowed, but it's so important. Um, the Misfits officially formed in 1977 in Lodi, New Jersey. Now, we t- I just talked about subgenres, and they sort of pioneered this weird subgenre of, like, horror punk because of their look, because of the songs, because of what they talk about, inspirations, things like that. Members. Whole- oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I know... Um- this is not my this is not my like most familiar genre. Okay. I don't totally understand where this fits. Yeah. Listening to this was a little bit confusing. Really? Okay. I I really appreciate that you're able to tell me all these things because I don't totally get it. Okay. The only thing that I know about the Misfits <laughs> is that there's been like 17,000 members. There has been a billion members. If you if you walk down the street at night right now and ask someone if they've been in the Misfits 9 times out of 10 they might have. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> but, Ask your neighbors. <laughs> Seriously, there was a lot of members. Uh, at So at this album's release, and probably at, at the height of what people know was Misfit members, uh, there was Glenn Danzig, who was the vocalist, who goes solo like a year later. Uh, bass player Jerry Only, who is the only consistent member all throughout their history. What a pain. So I feel bad. This man has done it all. Uh, Jerry's younger brother, Doyle Wolfgang Von Frankenstein. Are you joking? <laughs> that's his name. That's that's well, that's his stage name, but that's what he goes by. Uh, who plays guitar? Who's probably one of my favorite guitarists, uh, honestly. And then at the time there was this drummer Manny Martinez who uh, who was one of like 7 billion drummers ever in this band's career Um, but this is like the main lineup that does not stay together very long Um, there's even a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to listing all (laughs) the past members that the Misfits themselves have had and it is quite long but in 2017 they actually did uh, reunite with Jerry Only, Glenn Danzig, Doyle, and they actually had Dave Lombardo from Slayer play drums for them. In That's incredible. It, it was it's awesome. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Dave Lombardo was a member of the Misfits. Well, he is now. <laughs> One of seven billion drummers. <laughs> there you go. So, Walk Among Us is released officially March 1st of 1982. Now, they actually recorded kind of two albums before, but they never released them until, like, later. And because they tried to release this album themselves, tried to DIY the whole thing like a good punk rock band should, but they they didn't have enough financing, and they finally got it released through Ruby Records, which was some subsidiary of another big record company. Um, But this album is so, so interesting, because when we think about punk rock, we think about politically driven lyrics... And all these social issues, things like that, that punk has like been known to do. None of that is found at all in this album. This is <laughs> this is music for a Halloween party. It is. And so to to get into Misfits, they're such a driver of the horror horror genre. They love horror 
sci-fi films think of like the black and white kind of thing and that's where they basically draw their inspiration for this album that's it there's like i said no politics involved in this album whatsoever and this album never saw the charts ever the only time it ever did is when it reached 53rd on the charts in sweden and i don't think that was like even their like big charts, I think they might have been another small. One. Well, because they're American. Yeah, exactly. But that's so it all... doesn't make any sense that they would be charting in Sweden, but also like super low. <laughs> that's all oh, it ever saw. But ha- but this is considered one of the most influential punk albums of all time. If I told you Punk Rock 101 and I gave you ten albums to listen to, this is on there for sure. I see it for sure. This is a history lesson in the genre of punk rock and i cannot i cannot express how much i fucking love this album i have no idea ah it is so so good so now we can actually get into this down and dirty get into the album i've talked a lot evan just just tell me what you thought of the album okay (laughs) i Really enjoyed listening to this, but it's not what I was thinking I was getting into. Okay. The Misfits, when I think of the Misfits, I think of huge dudes with jackets with lots of patches (laughs) that have, like, the Misfits on them. Yeah. I kind of put them into, like, I'm trying to think of, I don't really know a whole lot of music that sounds like this. I know mm-hmm. of a band called The Addicts. I don't know if you know The Addicts. Yeah, I do know some Addicts, yeah. The only thing that I was... The only thing that I could connect to this uh-huh. is when I was in middle school, I was a real big AFI fan. Okay. <laughs> and early AFI is just the Misfits, but faster. Okay. So that's kind of where... And, like, not as good. Um, but that has to be said, I guess. Sorry if I offended anybody, <laughs> but it's so, it's very interesting for me to hear this because right. I was imagining like, oh, what happens next? Yeah. You know what I mean? When I first listened to this, um, it was way catchier than I thought it would be. Yeah. I was ready in my mind to be like punched in the face uh-huh. by punk because that's how i feel about punk sometimes yeah i the 70s punk i don't like it really yeah it's a little um it doesn't sound like it it just sounds like yelling sometimes well like well when you talk about 70s punk who are you thinking about um well because like i mean i guess you're okay so hold on i'm trying to think now um because I know the I know a few Ramones songs. Right. Ramones and, Clash. Yeah. And the Clash, I know like London Calling, so they're not even like a punk band to me. Yeah, London Calling was like where they start to experiment a little more. I do not like the Sex Pistols very much. I've never been really into Sex Pistols either. Okay. Um. Sweet. Uh my the punk that I like is like I guess what you would call like California skate punk. Yeah, so like late 80s, early 90s. So we're like when we're talking about that like second wave of punk's popularity. Right. That's what you kind of know. Which I'm thinking and like no effects. Yeah, no effects, bad religion. And what turns into like 
Pop Punk. Pop Punk, unfortunate, yeah. which is unfortunate. I in like, I like in my punk. opinion. Well, well, oh, no! <laughs> separate podcast, separate podcast. <laughs> but, oh, um, okay, so you so you kind of know, like, Punk's second wave. Yeah, I know the, the later okay. stuff. Uh, you're talking about Black Flag and Minor Threat and Bad Brains. Yeah. Not super familiar with that. Okay, okay. So this, so this is very new this is very yes it's very new but again it's also like i feel like i know what comes after this yeah as far as what the misfits were influences like who is influenced by the misfits i guess i should say Mm -hmm. and i again i'm thinking of bands like afi yeah or like tiger army well well, the the thing about you, you that's funny you mentioned the influence of misfits and the, the thing what I actually got into Misfits after listening to a lot of metal. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because a lot of, uh, I guess, the more thrash metal bands of the 80s really loved the Misfits. Interesting. Like, they they loved, loved, loved the Misfits. Like, when you talk, I mean, um, there's even footage of, like, when Cliff Burton, like, OG bass player of Metallica, right. he would always rock a Misfits shirt. You know, and uh, even like the Slayer guys were super into Misfits, and so that's where I kind of heard of them first, is because they were so edgy and kind of dark, but not metal. But not. Yeah. Right. They're edgy. Well, their look is very edgy. Their their look is edgy. But the music is not edgy. No. I would not call it edgy. No. 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 The only thing that is edgy about it is they curse every once in a while. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's just not edgy. Yeah, so I opinion. mean, like some of the songs talk about like getting eaten by monsters or whatever. Right. But like, but, but like, it feels a little bit silly. Yeah, but it's silly and goofy. Yeah. But yeah, they did. De- but that's where I first kind of got into Misfits because a lot of metal bands like them. So I'm like, okay, this that's kind of weird, but you mm-hmm. can understand it. Yeah. Because you know they just have that sort of similar look that you know went into to metal at that time. But that's so interesting. I didn't know that you kind of didn't have a lock on punk in this sort of era. Not too much. It's mostly, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's not not in this era at all. Okay. Um, it was a little bit earlier for me. All right. So this is by far the shortest album we've ever that's had to listen to one of my favorite things <laughs> it's because it's not too long and extensive and i can listen to this three times in a day <laughs> not a problem so what was your favorite song i'm curious my favorite song is hate breeders okay that's a, all right do you have any other songs um yeah i like the the first one um turn it to a martian is also yeah it's fun um let's see I don't know. Uh, those, I mean, okay. So I know a few. So I obviously know Misfits more than you do. Yes, but I only know a few songs off of this album. Okay, I know like I think the album that comes after this, um, and then like when they kind of were big again in the '90s because Doyle comes back and then leaves again. Sure. Um, <laughs> But I know, like, I knew two songs off of this album, originally. Uh-huh. I knew I Turned Into a Martian, and I knew Skulls. And yeah. I think I knew Astro Zombies. Skull, I was just thinking Skulls and Astro Zombies, too. And yeah, so, I, like, ones. I didn't give 
I didn't know anything else about this album. And so it was really, really cool to go through this also. Because this is a band I like. And to to hear it in its entirety completely changed it for me. Ooh. In like the best way possible. Yay, that's so good. So I don't know if I mentioned it already. This is the Misfits debut album. Yes. But they had recorded music before this. Right. But this or is something. like yeah. This is like their first album is out on the shelves. Uh-huh. It's it's released. And it is just I can see why it's on like that quintessential punk rock history list. Because in my mind, it like embodies everything that punk rock stands for. Interesting. So, real quick. Okay. If you want to give me some some more more recommendations, you're talking about like yeah, essential punk rock albums. Give me like two or three more. Um, I'd probably give you like Bad Religion Suffer. Uh huh. I've heard Uh, of that one. Okay. I'd probably tell you listen to London Calling. All of London Calling. Probably Ramones by Ramones. And then if I had to throw in... I mean, like, everyone knows, like, Dookie. Dookie should be on yes. there, for sure. I, I like Dookie, because that's kind of before Green Day goes into being pop-punk. But Dookie is a quintessentialist, or a quintessential album, you know, punk album. It deserves to be on that list. Those are some some albums you gotta listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from this one. But the reason why I really love this one is because of the sort of theme and reason that punk rock exists. Punk rock exists because it's supposed to be anti-everything. This is amazing because you can tell their goal was just to like have fun and yes. be goofy and... Do whatever they want. Absolutely. So you mentioned that they were so catchy. And I and I came across a few interviews where Glenn Danzig is like, yeah, they were. I wrote them. Glenn Danzig actually wrote uh, all the songs uh, in this album. And he's like, I wrote them to be catchy. And I really like that because it, it emphasized that sense of camaraderie. Yes. There is so much camaraderie and just like, you know just fun to be had on this album and that's what i really really like about it the album cover is one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) but on the it's like ufos and what is that it's like like yeah there's like a bat monster in the background but then they're just kind of chilling there (laughs) right but if you look at the picture of them chilling yeah they have crazy haircuts they're wearing skulls on their shirts He's got an open vest. I'm assuming that's... Is that Danzig on the left? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. With his hair covering half of his face Yeah, that's that's Danzig. But also, listening to the music, I want to be their friends. Right. Because there's a... One thing I do want to mention, the last song, Brain Brain Eaters. Brain Eaters. (laughs) Brain Eaters just sounds like a bunch of dudes at a bar... Like, trying to have fun. Having a good time. (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's why I love this album, because it just embodies that aspect of punk. That DIY kind of fuck it, have fun kind of thing. Because punk rock has never been a music to try and be popular. Punk rock has never been a music to try and score that record deal. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, even, I want to say the quality is bad because I don't think that. The quality is obviously DIY. 
Because it's like not super defined. It's not super toned. It sounds way. like they didn't try to make it sound that good. Yeah, but it, but the thing is, it sounded really good. Yeah, it sounds like there's a difference between sounding bad yeah. and sounding like a specific thing. Yeah. And I feel like this one was done on purpose mm-hmm. where there's other there's other music you can listen to and just feel like it sounds old. Right. This doesn't sound too old. No. It sounds more like there were they want you to think that it's in a garage that yeah, they're playing in exactly. somebody's like living room or something. That just only emphasizes that aspect of we're gonna do what we want with the boys and just be us. And I that's you know, there's I love almost everything about this album. But I also really like how you could kind of get into it because you didn't have to listen to politically charged lyrics. This is this is music for everybody, almost. Exactly. Because, like, when when you mention punk rock to someone, you know, it, it, after a while, listening to, you know, politically charged lyrics do kind of... It, it, it wears on you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much of it that you can listen to. Don't get me wrong, I love it and everything like that, but it's nice to kind of not. You need fun in your music. Right. You have you can't listen to music that will if you if you listen to music that will make you think all the time, your brain's going to be like Yeah. Nah. And then it's just like, okay, now you're just thinking. But right? You're trying to be you're trying to be too smart when you listen to music. This album is just like have have some fun. Yes. Have some fun. It kind of remind when I actually listen to it, it kind of remind me of the one we did last time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Chet Baker sings uh-huh. because we we came to the conclusion that you don't have to really think about it. Yeah, and this one this one is kind of like that. I yeah. agree. Because the, you don't have to think about it. You the know, lyrics the, are so just like, and then there was a monster. Like <laughs> it's a little bit monster mash y. Yeah, but I think the monster mash is kind of dumb. But I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so to to kind of get into. Um, to kind of get into that, apparently there was a, uh, you know, Glenn Danzig loved, like, B-horror movies. He loved, like, kind of cheesy horror movies. Right. And so that's the main inspiration for a lot of these. And um, I went through sort of all these songs, and there was a lot of them that, like, took inspiration from movies that had vaguely similar names. For, for example, Violent World. Well, Violent World is uh, on a magazine, but uh, Astro Zombies is based off a movie from 1968, which is, I, I think, called Astro Zombies. And then, How were they allowed to do that? I have no idea. I think, uh, I think there's, like, slight modifications. I think it's uh-huh. called, like, The Attack of Astro Zombies or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, even Brain Eaters. Brain Eaters is based off of a 1958 horror movie called The Brain Eater. <laughs> so what a what a hack. <laughs> so, but also Night of the Living Dead is just a movie. Yeah, Night like, of the Living Dead just a movie is a, called Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, which is a fantastic movie by the way. Um if you have not seen it already. But man, I just I don't you know this album is so just so fun mm-hmm. and so amazing and I, I like I said I, I when I listen to it in its entirety, it just emphasizes how much more fun that you can really have by just being yourself. Right. And so I mentioned that Doyle is one of my favorite guitarists, 
and it's because it's kind of because of that. So like you know, I play I, I play bass and a little bit of guitar, and going from bass to guitar was like it's it's like very different because now you have to play chords and things like that. But then I do you I, have to though? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so I come across Doyle and Misfits and kind of most of punk rock, and Doyle has never been a guitarist ever to be uh, you know some virtuoso uh-huh. to be this guy who can shred or whatever and it's you know there's there's some interviews about it but he's like no i just want to i just want to hammer my power chords when i need to his guitar is very noisy it's and i love it it's so in your face and i love that in your face aspect of uh, of of some of the album it's so great oh man it's it's just like turn your brain off but also have fun it's not like turn your brain off in a stupid way yeah it's not it's not dumb yeah like i don't know what else to say about it it's just fun it's like halloween party it's when you're out at midnight uh you know when you probably shouldn't be (laughs) you know what i mean i feel like this needs to play in like every halloween movie yeah like i don't know there's nothing else i could say about it it's it's very it's so good and it's so much fun Uh and it's 25 minutes so you can just blast through it yeah and that makes it even better for me at least one one of the things that i did like about hate breeders that i never noticed ever Mm -hmm. um so hate breeders is actually the longest song on the album interesting three minutes three minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) but there was something really funny when i talk about doyle's guitar playing is that he actually has a guitar solo in it uh-huh. that's only two notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I have to go back and, and pay attention to that. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only guitar solo that I noticed in this album at uh-huh. all. And it's only two notes. And, but like it's so perfect uh-huh. on where it fits. And it just kind of goes to you know just what punk rock is really all about. And it's just who gives a fuck yeah who cares just kind of be yourself mm-hmm. and kind of do your own thing now we're, we're giving this album a lot of praise is there anything you didn't like about the album um i didn't love how it sounds mm-hmm. i i you know it sounds like they're doing it on purpose yeah. Um, but just to my ears, I kind of like a more refined. Yeah. So, sound. so so you would have liked it if they like you know maybe tuned it up a little bit in the studio. Maybe or I don't. It's hard to because I didn't notice exactly all these guitar like you know what I mean like the mm-hmm. Doyle's guitar part. Um, maybe just make it more so that he's not just sounding like noisy yeah um maybe he should just play like something more exact but if you really like it and if people who like are in love with the misfits really like it right then maybe not yeah i don't know i I think yeah i think that that pertains to more of like the punk rock aspect of his guitar playing of like yeah loud in your face really kind of because there's a he has a high gain high distortion Mm -hmm. sound and that goes into kind of where I first discovered them. Because at times when I listen to them, I'm like, when you hear that guitar, it almost reminds me of like a thrash kind of metal guitar. A little bit. 
a little bit like the not as well produced yeah side of of thrash metal yeah it, it does have that sound of course it's obviously punk rock but it has that tone yeah the interesting thing for me was the only i know we talked about this a little bit off off recording mm-hmm. the only misfit song that i know is a song called dig up her bones yeah which apparently is like the hit song yeah that's like one of that's like on their second resurgence right in the 90s in the 90s and without dancing yeah and the singing is way more melodic and sing-songy uh-huh. and clearly not yelling as much uh-huh and that was interesting for me to go back and listen to this. Because I know people like this way more. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just like my music in general really catchy. Mm-hmm. Which, and this was super catchy. It is really, really catchy. Right. Every chorus, I was like, I want to sing along to this. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. They they all do pitch in and sing along yeah. at some point. Right. Having and it's those abilities, my but. favorite... Like, just add on to that is that they're not super good at singing. No, they're just kind of like, <laughs> they're just kind of broing it out. Yeah. Like, like what you would imagine, like a, like some dudes in a pub singing the same exactly. song. Exactly. And that's, that's how I, that's exactly how I felt with the scene with the last song. <laughs> yeah. Like I said earlier. Oh, um, God, yeah. And also, I want to be at a live show where there's a whole group of people singing I Turned Into a Martian. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Oh my god, yeah. So, I'm curious on what you thought more of, like, how Danzig actually sounds. He has a very specific... Mm-hmm. Is it an accent? I don't know if it's a singing accent or if he talks like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's... Very. You want to know what uh, it is? Is it? I actually is it sex pistols. No, no, I actually read about it, and um, it turns out that he has a sort of sim- similar vernacular that like Elvis Presley had. Okay, so he kind he, of he has like a southern accent. Uh, n- not so much, but like I think uh, tonality wise, I think like they're both kind of they both kind of sing in the same register but they both he sounds he sounds a little bit like this yeah he sound yeah so he he has that sort of same (laughs) yeah he has that sort of kind of vocal inflection yeah he has he has a punk a punk singing vocal it's not a punk yelling vocal yeah it's a punk singing which happens a lot later like in time yeah um as far as music goes I think. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, how, how they were comparing it to, like, how he has that sort of kind of bottom end that, like, Elvis kind of did. And and going back and kind of listening to it, it kind of did make sense. I'm like, okay, if Elvis was really young and into punk rock and produced a <laughs> album all on his own... That's I a could, lot of ifs. Yeah, but I could understand what, you know, bridge that they're kind of trying to make there yeah singing style is always interesting to me because i think a lot of people base their taste in music off of someone's singing style okay a lot of people have a hard time getting past certain styles of music if the singing doesn't appeal to them i yeah that makes a lot of sense so when you have 
any kind of music. I know that's why a lot of people have problems with with metal sometimes because it's just yelling yeah. in their opinion. <laughs> yeah. Or they have a problem with with rap because they're like, oh, that's too fast. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. Um, so I think once you once you get past a vocal on a certain style of music, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to figure out whether you actually do like it or not or whatever. Yeah. And I and I do like the fact that he he does sing. Yeah. He, he's not he's, he's not yelling. He's not like screaming and yelling and and or anything like that. Like he's doing a pretty good job. Yes. And and the thing about that is uh I I read that he's self-taught. Uh-huh. He did not have any vocal lessons anything like that it sounds a little self-taught yeah it sounds not super exact yeah it's not super clean no but again he's doing that on purpose yeah so all yeah you know the 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 stylistic aspect is there but the fact that this is an album from like 1982 where punk rock's hardcore now kind of comes in and there are some bands that like at that era that like do scream mm-hmm. in kind of are very very raspy and things like that like do you ever see uh there's a great documentary out there if any of you haven't seen it um the decline of western civilization you ever see that no so um it's a it's a documentary about punk rock in the 80s filmed in the 80s during oh, the wow. 80s okay and um it goes into LA's hardcore scene and sort of the bands that, that are around there. So like Fear and X are, are some of the more... Uh, That's pretty and, pretty extreme. Yeah, and Black Flag is in it. Yeah. Like er, Black Flag's early, early members. Ooh. Uh, er, the, that is maybe like the roughest yeah. Black Flag, so, as far as I know. And so when you do see some of that, that on some of the stuff that they do on stage or some of the things that they do on stage or how they sound... It doesn't sound like this, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting to me, because I, I, I could understand why this album kind of has that, uh, has this aura about it. How it's, it's so great, because we talk about how it's not perfect and it's not exact, but at the same time, it's pretty good yeah for what it is for what it's you know for what it is exactly this is better than anything i could do right now yeah even though it sounds a little rough yeah you could tell they knew what they were doing yeah and so with all these songs because all these songs are let me you know we talk about i turned into a martian hell breaks (laughs) hell breaks loose hey breeders night of the living dead there's this sort of thing that happens in music where you don't try hard and it sounds really good <laughs> and this is kind of what happens yeah it's when you least expect it or when you i know a lot of artists have mm-hmm. talked about that some artists have no idea what their hit song is going to be yeah and some artists know exactly what their hit song is going to uh-huh. be but when you write something that is simple and people can sing along to it, yeah. those are going to be the ones that people know. Yeah. Which is every song on this album. Uh-huh. And, and this sort of, you know, epiphany that I have comes across in all genres of movie, not just uh, all genres of, of music, not just punk rock because it's, you know, punk rock. But even, I think we, we talked about Lady Gaga and how 
uh, in that episode, some of the songs she wrote were like in four, ten minutes. Yeah. So she obviously didn't try hard, and it was like an amazing song too. It's just this thing that happens in music. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know if if Gene Simmons wrote the song or if somebody (laughs) else wrote the song, but I heard that it was in a a book about Gene Simmons that I read. I heard um, that rock and roll all night came together in like like ten minutes. That's something stupid. But that's a song that sounds like it would be right. And like all the extra work that they had to do was just to get the background. Like the kids like singing the chorus because oh, okay. you know what I mean, and they were like, "Oh, this is it." Yeah, like we're we made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I I do have a, like a really soft spot in my heart for for punk rock, mm-hmm. and this kind of like really, uh, you know, helped me realize that that again because mm-hmm. I I mentioned it on this show before. I was like. One of the first genres that I really, really got into, mm-hmm. like as a kid, like wow. really, really young, really, really mm-hmm. young, and so this just kind of made me. It, it kind of made me feel like a kid again. Interesting. In a weird way. That's so fun. In a, in a very weird way. But you know what? It kind of did that to me too. Except yeah. I feel like we were thinking about different things. Yeah. Because you were talking about music like this. And again, I was just thinking about AFI the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. AFI is such a such a weird guilty pleasure that I had. So would you would you listen to more Misfits? Yeah. I, I think I might listen to this probably the most. Okay. I would probably keep going back to this. Yeah. I don't know if I would if I would listen to all their albums or you know what I mean? It just yeah. depends. Um, because I, I know that, again, they changed singers at one point. Yeah, they changed singers, I think, the album after, not the album after this one, but the next one. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't come back till 2017, apparently, so. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I know there was, like, Danzig memes. Like, is Danzig a meme? Danzig is, like, kind of a meme. He has, he's, like, this kind of weird personality about mm-hmm. him. I don't, I mean, like... His solo stuff is pretty good, too. Okay. Does it sound like this? Um, no. Uh, so, Danzig's uh, Mother, which is, I think, his first solo album, I want to say. Don't quote me. It's called Danzig's Mother? No, it's, I think it's just called Mother. But oh. it's but, but but the group is just Danzig. Sure. Um, but it's it sounds... So, I think you actually might like it. Yeah. Because it sounds like a more refined this. Okay. Like, he goes off on his own, and he has a bit more fame, so he's got, you know, he tunes up probably his pipes a bit, he, the audio is a little bit better on that album, it's still very hardcore to the sense of, like, he's not all poppy all of a sudden. But, um, I, I don't know how I would describe sort of his kind of genre of music. I would, I would say he kind of branches off into like a more hard rock mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it's still very dark. Okay. So it's, it's got, it's definitely got some, some remnants of this in there, but it's definitely unique and kind of its own thing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious on, on if you, if you do listen to it. I might take a look. I might have to do that. Yeah. I God, I, I feel like I can say everything and just I have said everything about this album already. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And it's so itself. If you are 
curious. Uh-huh. And if you like punk rock ever, you yeah. need to listen to this. Yeah. At all all eras, because it kind of it's it, it goes in in and out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can hear that. The you can hear who it's influencing. Yeah. And I'm curious to know actually from you, mm-hmm. uh, who else comes after this i guess like who else sounds like this so so uh most of the bands from like okay so i mentioned the decline of western civilization uh-huh. that so that in as far as the hardcore scene goes this is where you get like minor threat black flag x bad brains kind of that whole thing but at the same time late 80s we get uh operation ivy Okay, cool. Yeah, we get. We I get, know that one. Yeah, so it's it's so so. Here's more of a history lesson for you in that, uh, L.A. did have an underground punk scene, um, which some of those bands that I mentioned come from. But the thing is that it was so underground, and it was so weird, um, that it does this odd thing, where there's also a portion of time where actually. They call it Hollywood punk, where some fans of punk rock in L.A. really did get duded up and really did the full mohawk oh, with the geez. color and things like that. Dude, I heard a song on the radio today. Uh-huh. I was like, what is this? Yeah. It was a song about like somebody in Hollywood complaining that people drive Priuses. It was like a pop punk song. I was like, this is weird. Oh. That's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But but uh, there is sort of these two camps that develop where the, the Hollywood punks, the ones that really do get dressed up and kind of do it for show, mm-hmm. kind of exist. And there are just people who, like, just want to be punk and kind of, you know, wear whatever they... You know, it's, it's right. not about an image. It's just about me liking the music. Yeah. And so this is what happens... Um, and it creates another scene up north in Northern California on a street called Gilman Street. Oh, yes. I've heard about this. So Gilman Street is where punk rock gets a big shot in the arm and kind of is alive again. Because this stuff happens in the underground. Gilman Street uh, brings punk rock bands from the 90s starting in the late 80s so operation ivy i was gonna say isn't that where green day comes in green day starts to come in at this time operation ivy comes in at this time now granted operation ivy was only banned for a short amount of time but the members of of operation ivy then form rancid right who also come from that era who bring it back into the 90s yeah there's a i was just gonna say because i'm looking it up Mm -hmm. um i think Part of Operation Ivy became rancid. Yeah. And then the other part became something else. Yeah, I would not... I could not tell you what uh, that, other, that other thing... Uh, what that other half yeah, involves into. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, to look it up. But, quick, but, but. The, but the story of punk rock is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish it was something that, you know, happened to a lot of other genres. Where... You know what? Maybe it does fizzle out for a hot second, but then it comes right back in full force a decade later, ruling the world. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, after that, it it does get commercialized, unfortunately, where we do get the pop punk stuff. Well, that's how 
that's just how the underground works in every genre of music. Yeah. Eventually, when when something in the underground becomes big enough, it mm-hmm. has it like can't be in the underground anymore because yeah. people like it. Yeah. So it's 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 a very yeah the, the story of punk is very interesting and you should and for music lovers out there you should uh, watch the decline of Western civilization. There's actually three of them. There's three there's three full length documentaries each filmed at that particular point in time. Western civilization declined three times. Yes, it declined <laughs> a, a, a total of three times in the span of ten years. Jeez. So so the first one was about the eighties. Uh-huh. Or like the early mid '80s and and punk rock, and uh, the second one is very interesting too because that's where filmed also in the '80s, but then it's about glam metal. Oh man! And it's about that, and so um, there are quite a number of uh, personalities. That are in that one in their he- in their heyday. Oh, that man. is really hilarious to see. <laughs> um, we're we're gonna have to do um, we're gonna have to do like a glam metal album one of these days on the show. I'm not looking and forward to it. I don't think either of us are gonna like. We're it. gonna have to do it at some point. It's it's really not my favorite, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but the third one uh, revisits punk rock again uh-huh. in the '90s at at the turn. Uh, of the 90s and it kind of really flips the script um and i and i really like that and um i i think punk rock maybe gets a bad rap sometimes i don't know if you feel the same way um well i don't know i know when when we were Uh growing up pop punk was super popular yeah maybe maybe the most popular genre Maybe I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I could see the argument. At for least, that. at least among like people our age. Because, because I remember like, uh, I remember when uh, Green Day's American Idiot came out. Yes, like I was super, super into that, mm-hmm. and that was like that's the epitome of pop punk. Yeah, for sure. Well, I so I was into like AFI December Underground, uh-huh. was like two thousand six. Yeah, and. Uh, My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. The Black Parade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a yeah that's a really big one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you could make that argument, but I do, I do think that like OG punk, if you want to call it that, I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I guess just before pop punk, but normal punk does kind of get that bad rep of like being all about pissed off and yeah, you know. Being mad, for being no mad, reason. maybe not playing so good. Yeah, that's true. Because that, you do hear that, that they're like bad at their instruments. Yeah, and there are some bands that do make the argument <laughs> for that. Like it's obviously more about like just them being them and the energy that they kind of have. But yeah, th- that genre's this genre's never been about who mm-hmm. the fuck can play. Yeah, and but at the same time, that's what I love about it because. In my opinion, and this might be a hot take, this is the only genre that is about 100% being unique. In the sense of playing style, Mm -hmm. in the sense of the music you write, and in the sense of what you look like. Yeah. 
That's true. Uh, in the sense of how you get your album out there, and you know how you just play music and things like that. I, I think that this is, if you talk about one genre of music that's one hundred percent DIY, it's it's this, mm-hmm. and that's part that's you know part of the reason that I love it because whenever I listen to a lot of punk rock, what I think to myself is, you know, maybe one day I could do this, and and. I mean, especially now, technology nowadays, you could right. you could record an album yourself in your bedroom, no problem. Right. And, you know, as long as you have a good idea. Or if you just take ideas from B-rated Yeah, even if you have movies. a... <laughs> if, you, if you steal an idea, I guess. <laughs> but, the, I mean, even though they did steal, steal or not steal, they were influenced, they were very by, influenced yeah. by all these horror movies. Uh-huh. It's not like they're... Their lyrics are like the script of the movie. Yeah. Like, they're still writing songs. They're mostly just talking about the title. Yeah. Because I Turned Into a Martian. Is is about turning into a Martian. Probably about when you turn into a Martian. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to think about it. You're just, oh, he's, he turned into a Martian. Yeah. So, to, <laughs> to and, and you mentioned Brain Eaters, and there was like something really, I, I do kind of like that, and we'll wrap up with that. Because that's just what this album's about. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually do have these songs with a bridge and, and a chorus and a verse and here's the guitar and things like that. And they have an album of that. But then the last... The song's not even a minute. I think it's like 53 seconds. The last 53 seconds of this album are just dudes being dudes. Mm-hmm. And all singing about eating some brains. Yeah. And and just and that's what this album, and in my opinion, this genre is about. It's just about being yourself, having fun, and just being you. I can't. I I love this album so much. Punk rock one hundred and one for sure. This album, hands down. Do you have any final thoughts before we? wrap up here on this album uh i do not um this out you know this episode is is why i wanted to do this show yeah because i just love talking to people about music they like yeah you know what i mean um i think maybe you know we we like to explore new music but also like i would love to share the music that i like with my friend yeah i definitely did have this one in mind for you mm-hmm. more than for me right because I, I i know some of these songs you know i i i know this genre mm-hmm. fairly decently but i know that you might not have and so right. I'm, I'm really glad that you 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 liked it mm-hmm. that's awesome yay all right well all right. i guess before we wrap up don't forget to follow us like us on facebook instagram Give us a review. Yes. We have we have a rating. I don't know if you saw it. Somebody rated our podcast. Somebody did. Yeah, they gave us five stars. Hell I love, yeah. I love whoever that was. We are officially rated. Get used to it. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Rock on. Stay yourselves. Fucking love the misfits. Bye. <laughs> Later.